Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here with my colleague Priscilla Weigel. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, Cindy. So happy to be podcasting today, and we're so thrilled that we have a guest with us today. We have a young mom, and we thought we would just do a sort of special broadcast uh, podcast series on questions that young parents have. And so our mom today is Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hello. Hi. So we thought we'd just kind of open it up and and, um, sort of answer questions that um, our young friend has gotten, some with her own young child and um, some from friends. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your little little, uh, darling. (laughs) Well, um, I have an 18-month-old daughter. Mm -hmm. She's our first child. And she recently started attending childcare two days a week. Oh, wow, that's a big step. That mm-hmm. is a big deal. So we have some questions um, with that and some routines, um, struggles that we're having, and then also just some some other questions from friends um, that have little ones around the same age. Great. Great. And so do you find there's just so much information out there that you don't know where to go or 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 can you diffuse it well enough to get to the answers you need? You know, it's hard to know what is a reputable source um, if there's so many people that just have a blog and call themselves an expert. Right. So yeah. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of information, but I, I don't know that I necessarily trust everything that is out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good that's way really, to be. That's, yes, and one thing too that we can um, we'd like to say here at the CICC, we really spend a lot of time going through the resources that we put on our website, and the Center for Disease Control is a great web, web mm-hmm. website for. Um, early childhood information as far as milestone information, but also just even going to our inclusivechildcare.org, you can find a lot of resources because there are a lot of folks out there that just say, yeah, my child's doing well and I'm doing well as a parent. I'm going to share that. Yeah. And Good point, Priscilla. And not that they're they're wrong necessarily, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, t- it's hard when you're, especially a first time parent, mm-hmm. you just don't know. You don't exactly. know. Exactly. So... We just thought we'd do an open forum here for those of you who are listening. Um, hopefully we think this will be helpful to you. And uh, so maybe give us your first question you might have as a new young mom. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the CDC's website because we do check that a lot. And I think, um, at least for me and a good my good friend, um, we both have kids about the same age. And we do like to look at the the milestones on their website, but it's also made us a little bit anxious because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we feel like if we're not keeping up with those, our, our child isn't keeping up with those milestones. Are you know is something wrong? You know. Good so, point. do do you have any tips as to when when is when should we be alarmed and when is it just it's kind of a guideline? Well, I think that one thing to remember, and we we use this a lot in our work with just consulting or coaching with providers and families, you know, it's like six months on either side of those, and that's a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but let's say your child turns 12 months old and it's not going to just wake up that morning and magically, some kids do, but (laughs) magically decide that they're going to walk that day. But there's going to be a few months maybe on either side on the, some kids walk sooner. 
some kids walk a little bit later. But the key is that those, when you're looking at the milestones that are coming before those big milestones, that they're, they're moving through the different stages at a pace that's moving forward. They're not just getting stuck and staying in one spot. So if the child is going to be, if, if you're thinking, okay, when is my child going to walk? What you're going to be looking for, are they pulling to stand? Are they crawling? Are they figuring out that I need to move to get what I need? Are they reaching? All those things that get that core strength and, and build their muscle tone that is going to prepare them to walk. So if you're just, if you have a child who is just sitting there and they're sitting there when they're six months and they're sitting there when they're nine months and they're sitting there when they're 10 months, they're not just going to skip over those milestones and start walking. They need to practice those other milestones. Great and they point. Need to do that. We think we talk about mastery. Mm -hmm. And so is it, when parents go to a, um, oh, a developmental milestone list and they look at a specific milestone, which you know, it's all it's that's all been vetted and those milestones are milestones for a reason. Um, but they think, oh, my child should be doing this at this exact age. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's that whole piece that you just said, which is the mastery. What you want to be looking at is what has what have they mastered to that point. Mm -hmm. And if they've been mastering other milestones, yeah, we don't worry about a range. Right. And as you said, if they haven't been mastering other things that build to that point, then that's when we think of a red flag. Yeah. And that's when you want to get concerned and, and probably talk to your pediatrician um, or early interventionist. Mm -hmm. So interesting, my friend and I, um, our, our babies are six weeks apart. And her son uh, has, a, has a lot of words. Um, he's very expressive. My daughter um, is babbling. She's 18 months. She's babbling, but she's only saying a few words. Mm -hmm. um, should we be alarmed? Does she, and she's, is she using the language for a purpose? You know, like she knows that she wants something, and so she's trying to get your attention. And that babbling means something. She knows that that's a connection to you, and that it's going to give you information, even though it's not clear as a bell. Mm -hmm. She's still able to have that conversational back and forth reciprocity of, I'm looking at your eyes, I'm trying to get your attention, I'm trying to tell you what I need, and I'm expecting you to understand me. Mm -hmm. And that's why when kids babble like that in that purposeful way, we just talk to them right back. And we say, oh, really? Are you kidding? That happened yesterday? Wow. Are you really going to go play with so-and-so? Even though they're not, we don't know if that's exactly what they're trying to say, what we're showing them is, this is how you interact with people verbally, and this is this is communication. Mm -hmm. And those are those building blocks, you know, that mastery mm -hmm. piece mm -hmm. of, it's like building a house, and they need those lower ones to get to the rooftop, because if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to have a sturdy roof, and that's what we want. Practicing, we want the purposeful mm -hmm. language, we want the fact that your daughter knows that if I say something that has that mm sound, that, oh, that's kind of what they're trying to teach me, that more word, but I maybe don't have the articulation yet, to make it clear as a bell, but I do know it starts with that sound, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's that's when we say, you know what, it's coming. Yeah, it's right. coming. And that's reassuring. Yep. And you would look for things like frustration. It it does your daughter, you know, if if she's if if she if you feel like she 
isn't understanding what you're saying to to her and she gets very frustrated or she's trying to communicate and she's very frustrated because she can't communicate with you then we'd start to think oh maybe something's impeding her ability mm -hmm. to communicate but if she's just you know you guys are you've got a back and forth that's working and she's working on her words those words just like that one of these days they'll come out right. and you'll be amazed but it's a process it is she's got to learn to form those words and it's complicated Complicated, the tongue and the mouth and the, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. It's right, and that's why too. At this age too, the the less time um, when she's active and, and engaged in things, having the nook not in the mouth, so that she can practice talking. I mean, of course, we know that that's a there. You know, mm -hmm. there's comfort objects for kids, but that one is one that gets in the way of practicing those verbal skills. So, having that, you know, be maybe set aside so that when she's playing, she's more of a verbal mm -hmm. interchange is easier for her. That's a great idea. That's also why we don't want children watching television or using iPads or mm -hmm. using the, the phone because there's not a, again, that reciprocity, the word right. you used. I love Dr. Stanley Greenspan used to talk a lot uh, about of all the things that he worried about the lack of reciprocity was right. what he would always say was the thing he worried about the most that that he, if he didn't see it in a child but there's no reciprocity in a screen um, even if somebody says that's an interactive program there's no interactivity that's a lie and so we want it we want it to just be clear that that games on iPads are not interactive mm -hmm. with a child. It's different if there's another adult talking to the child on that screen, but so that impedes language development right. too, and right. so we want to be very clear about that. Right. So yeah, if your little one is making all kinds of sounds, she's working her way towards language. That is language. That's right. her language right now. So. And following directions, that mm -hmm. receptive piece of taking the information in and processing it. So when you say, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go to Grandma's, she goes and gets her her bag at the door or she puts mm -hmm. on her you know coat or she starts to go through that process with just that little phrase mm -hmm. she's making those connections in her brain that says oh I know what that means mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. get it okay mm -hmm. good and so just those are all just foundational things that are really great for the bottom rung of that ladder that she's got to climb and all those sounds that are going to be coming that's and, and helping her by saying the words back to her and when she's approximating on things you know oh because you want you want more yeah you said more and then she's making those connections again she's hearing it said correctly I think probably young parents may worry more about uh, speech yeah. than they do more, about yeah. other kinds of development mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would you do you mm -hmm. find that true with your friends mm -hmm. yeah. and I think one thing too that we find in our work is that um, speech intervention has the greatest catch-up rate as far as a, an intervention of early intervention processes because you can go get your child assessed they can fine-tune it and say oh it's articulation oh it's receptive oh it's it's in the expressive realm so we can focus on that they're doing those intervention pieces and they send you home with those things you're on it it's fine-tuned for speech and pretty soon that child starts to pick it up and mm -hmm. some kids just need a jump start okay mm -hmm. that's true yeah. Okay, so any other questions and on the these speech lines? realms or any what other things came up in conversations? Well, I was with a girlfriend um, a few nights ago, and she let us know that she's having a second child. Oh, exciting. Very mm -hmm. exciting. Um, so she right now she has uh, an 18-month-old, and she was just a little bit... Um, 
curious about how she can help her her baby boy prepare for this new child. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things that they can mm-hmm. be doing in advance of the baby being born to help the the older brother feel still loved and cared for and but ready to to know that there's another one on the way. Which is hard for an Mm 18-month-old, you know. So you think, okay, really cognitively, how much can you prepare? Because he's he's Mm -hmm. so egocentric right now in just toddlerhood that Mm -hmm. he's not going to go, oh, you said I'm having a new baby. Okay, well then I'm going to start setting aside things for, for that baby to play with. That's it. So I think for that age span, when the baby actually arrives is really when you're going to have to hit the ground running and just mm-hmm. make sure that you spend quality time with the older sibling and that baby. Having the other child help with things, you know, they're, can you bring mommy the, the diapers? Mm, oh, what yep. a big helper. Thank you so much. And also having things that are just, um, I, I think the great thing about an infant when they're first when they first come to this world, it's a pretty good plan. They're they're non-ambulatory. They're not invading that other child's space. They're just in someone's arms or mm-hmm. on their lap or in a playpen. So it's not you really see we see more of the friction when that baby starts to move mm-hmm. because then they're taking their brother's toys. They're you know doing things. They're getting into stuff, and that makes that older sibling really frustrated. I think the key mm-hmm. and the most frustrating piece is that lack of parent time Mm -hmm. and so if you're aware of that from the get-go and you think we really want to make sure that we're spending quality time with this little one so when mom's feeding you can go read a story or or you can sit next to me and read the story and we'll all be together as a family or just making sure that you're helping that other one know you're still pretty important mister great so and if it was an older child would it would it be a good idea to have special dates with dad or um, Mm -hmm. time time away alone yeah, that can really that, that can helps. help. Yep, that can help. I would just add two things really. The first one is obviously they, you want an attached relationship with the first child, which I'm sure your friend has, and and so that goes a long way. You know, you, mm-hmm. that attachment isn't going to go away because another baby comes. And attachment, as we've said a million times, is the foundation for all ongoing social emotional development. And then the second thing really is um, to kind of expect some you know, challenging behavior from the toddler. Mm -hmm. So he's 18 months now, so in nine months he'll be mm, about almost two, almost three. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you might expect a little bit of, you know, something to to happen, you know, and and so just be ready for that and prepared and expect that um, he's going to want to assert himself a little bit with Mm -hmm. the new baby, and that's all right. We just talk about that and talk about how he feels. It's a great time to promote emotional literacy right. and how he's feeling and what's going on and so just kind of not be surprised by that that's right. not at all out of the norm okay no. and, so. and to and sometimes too i think a lot of um folks will say oh remember you're the big brother now so you can't you can't act that way or you have to show him how to be a big boy and then you're you're really mm-hmm. saying that your feelings aren't important mm-hmm. and you know instead exactly. as cindy said that emotional literacy saying are you sad because you want to sit on mommy's lap mm-hmm. i'm feeding you know, I'm feeding, feeding Josie right now, but why don't you sit next to me and while you're looking at that book, I'm going to see if you can find the pictures that are hidden in the page or yeah, something. Exactly. You know, just reassuring yep. and not expecting them to be little teenagers because they're not. No, they're not. Exactly. Well, this is great. We're going to continue this uh, in our next 
um, podcast. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for yeah. being our visitor today. Right. And Priscilla, as usual, great work. Always fun to be here. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That's all for now. See you next time.